You're listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. This episode is brought to you by Sambat. Sambat has been the sponsor of the podcast since early 2015. They were the first ones on board. I swing Sambats myself, and I thoroughly enjoy them. What I love about Sambat is a guy that's always out on his front foot with the off-speed stuff, is that when you hit it off the end of the bat, it's not breaking. I've done it many a times in 2015. I've done it a few times already in 2016. And uh, yeah, no breaks, so I'm saving a lot of money by using Sambat. Well, at the same time, my 250 batting average is hovering over 300 these days because of Sambat. So whether you're a club looking for a team order or an individual looking for a change and you want to learn more about Sambats or want to put a Sambat in your hand, you can visit baseballjobsoverseas.com forward slash Sambat. This episode is brought to you by 3N2 where you can customize your team from head to toe, everywhere from uniforms to bags to hoodies to cleats, you name it. Also, for any individual baseball or softball product needs, you can contact the International Baseball Community, where we carry a variety of 3N2 products from turfs to trainers to cleats, pants, performance wear, umpire apparel, batting gloves and bags, you name it, we got it here. So give us a shout, or you can visit the website, baseballjobsoverseas.com forward slash 3N2. This episode is brought to you by Pocket Radar, in particular the ball coach, which we're now offering in Europe and Australia through the international baseball community. What I enjoy about it is the small size of it. It's quite a bit smaller than your iPhone, which makes it easy to hide if you don't want anyone to know that you're using a radar gun. Uh, Also, uh, if you were to do a little research on it, it has a four and a half star rating on Amazon, and that's mostly due to its accuracy. Uh, You can compare it to some of the major radar guns out there, and it's just as accurate. You can check out their YouTube video as well, which demonstrates that. It's easy to use and super user-friendly. You just throw it in your pocket, bring it with you to practice or to the game or on road trips, wherever you will need it. So if you're a coach or a club in Australia or Europe and you want to pick one up or learn more about it, you can head to www.baseballjobsoverseas.com forward slash pocket radar. Hey guys, I'm back for episode number 61 and today I have a story of a young man who took his career overseas to Australia as a player coach, mostly as a coach. Uh, it's an inspirational story mostly because I know just through the years of running the website that relief pitchers really don't get a look overseas. They're looking for starting pitchers um, and that's about it if you're a pitcher uh, or two-way players. So somebody that can play position and has proven to play position as well as pitch. In this case, he had played a limited amount of innings in college and since college played in the men's league in Canada. Uh, So typically those players do not get much of a look, which is unfortunate because many of them are talented and, and bring a lot to the table. But that's just the way it is. Uh, Sam managed to get on with the club in Australia uh, as a player and a youth coach and his youth coach is really what carried him and uh, he was able to establish a long-term career overseas between Australia and Europe through his coaching. So uh, listen to the podcast episode. Uh, It's an inspirational story and I really think that it, it gives you a good idea of what it takes to establish a career overseas once you get your foot in the door. 
So without further ado, let's get on with this podcast episode with Sam Sidal. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So uh, let's, can you take me back to uh, your baseball background um, and then uh, the transition to overseas or how it led overseas uh, and how that, yeah, how that came about? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I started baseball at a really young age because my father was into it. So I started at about the age of five playing, you know, it was a passion as I grew up. Being in Canada, I played hockey as well, chose mm-hmm. baseball over hockey. And then uh, I went to a high school that has a baseball academy. Mm-hmm. So that's when I really started to get serious about it. Uh, St. Francis Xavier Baseball Academy. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I, I signed to a college in, in Nebraska. And that was Dana College. And that actually closed after my first year of, of going there. Yeah. So then in the summer, I was kind of in a flurry to find a new school. And, and uh, one of the sister schools in Nebraska then signed up over there. So ended my, my three years there. So I got a four-year business degree out of, out of Nebraska. No, didn't really play much through school. And, but it was a good experience, nonetheless. <clears throat> Then uh, when I got home that summer, actually, uh, my friend said, "Hey, like you got to go to Australia. It's a great opportunity." I said, "Yeah, get me in contact. Get me in contact." And um, there's a guy by the name of uh, Ryan Murphy, mm-hmm. and he contacted my friend saying, "Hey, we have a coaching position available. Uh, would, would you like to do it?" My friend he just signed with a teaching teaching a school, so he couldn't go. He said, "I, I can't, but I have this guy Sam." Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I was I was in Adelaide uh, running their junior program, the under 15s and under 17s. Okay, for for all of Adelaide, or for the club, or uh, no, just for the Northern Districts Baseball Club. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I was I was there doing the under 15s and under 17s. So they and brought then, you over strictly as a coach, or, or? Uh, as a player coach. So they already had two imports at the time signed, and uh, one of them was a returning guy. Actually, they both were, and so I was just slated to play Division Two. So I played Division Two in Adelaide, and then coached the under 15s and under 17s. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. And how was how was the setup there? Like, did they? Uh, I know some clubs are are paying flights, uh, and some aren't. Uh, I know Adelaide; they typically do, but they they yeah. don't provide a salary. Um, they provide you with a job. So, is that the setup that you had, or? Yeah, exactly. So. Actually, Northern Districts is, is very accommodating, and as far as what I've heard from a few of the other clubs, it's it's as far as uh, it goes for the players, it's it seems like it's one of the better ones. Like they provide flights, uh, they get you in a house usually with the other imports. Um, you know, they they provided me and the other guys each a car as well, so mm-hmm. that was really helpful. Cool. And yeah, they they try to do the best to get you a job and, and then it really works out well from there because Australia pays really well as far as the money goes yeah yeah so I've heard minimum wage like 20 an hour or something like that yeah please so and, if you get a good job you're, you're making good money yeah cool what 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 kind of job were you working uh, the, the first year I was working just a just a labor job doing just some demolition removal stuff mm-hmm but when I went back the second year, I got a, a little bit different job. I was working uh, doing like juice deliveries for, for a company. So that was kind of a little different, but it was good. So how did you manage that with the visa situation for a second year? So um, with, the, with the second year, because Adelaide actually falls under the category of um, in the region. 
as a, as a region that you can do for the working holiday visa. Mm -hmm. So if you work a certain type of work anywhere in Adelaide, it falls as part of the specified regions. Okay, so it had to be within agriculture or something like that? or Yeah, agriculture construction actually falls under that because it's kind of providing to Australia. Okay, because I know a number of guys that have been in Australia have had trouble getting that second year visa or clubs didn't want to bother with them because they had already been there a year and, and there were more hoops to jump through. But was it that difficult to get the yeah. visa? Uh, you know, it, it was a little more difficult than the first time but as I found it's Australia is easy to get a visa and, and I know a couple of my friends what they've done is they get they just get a, a travel visa and then yeah sometimes the club will provide them with some sort of you know salary or, or something to compensate that mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to work yeah I know some of the clubs have uh, they do get sport visas yeah and they're, they're able to provide that and then it's again something totally different from the working holiday and I know Northern Districts right now is working to get that but it's sort of a long process I see okay really interesting so uh, what was the name of that visa again uh, if you if you worked specifically within a certain industry or do you so know that was the working holiday visa oh the, just the working holiday visa yeah, but and it's the second year you have to work I think it's either three months or 88 days in that specific region with a specified job Mm -hmm. And then it translates to a second year. Then you're oh, eligible for a second year. Yeah, I read that somewhere now. I remember now. Yeah, it said if within that first year, if you were working for a certain yeah. period of time within a certain industry, then you could come back. Yeah. Okay, I remember that. And that's, okay. and that's why usually it relates to the agriculture, and, and tourists usually do the farm work and things like that. Yeah. Okay, so as far as um, the setup, so you were with the in a house with other imports. Is that like a host family, or were you guys just in a, an apartment together? Or so actually, they had a house that's really close to the field. So I was staying there with them, and also one of the other guys who plays on the team, he stayed there. So basically, it was his house that he was renting out, and yeah. then we also had a few of the other rooms. So the club would rent out the other rooms from him. So he kind of got a good part of the deal as one of the team members okay cool so win-win situation there yeah uh, what did you think of the the city adelaide and, and the area um as far as australia goes it's one of the slower cities i'd say but it's still it's still quite nice um adelaide's got it's got a lot to do and i i prefer the beaches over to some of the other cities yeah but you know it's yeah like i said it's a little slower pace little smaller than the other big cities but i like it you know there's lots to do as far as hiking and, yeah. and going to the wildlife parks and, and things like that so there was always stuff to do if you were open-minded yeah did you do did you get much traveling in while you were in those two years uh yeah actually i i've done i went up uh, i did the great ocean road mm -hmm. from, from melbourne okay and that was incredible. I've, uh, so I went where does that to, go? Sorry to interrupt. Melbourne to where? Where does the Great Ocean Road go to exactly? I've actually never heard of it, to be honest. Yeah, it's in Victoria, the yeah. state of Victoria, but it's you can take it from Melbourne to Australia. Or to Adelaide, sorry. To Adelaide. Yeah, I and mean, if, if you do that, it's kind of a long way because you, you don't go straight across, but yeah. it takes you right along the ocean, and there's just, just amazing sights. Like there's these things called the Eleven Apostles. Mm-hmm. And there are these big bits of cliff that have been resided from the ocean that are still hanging up there. And it's one of the most beautiful things I've seen. Really. Cool. And, and Sydney, a couple times. 
Um, I went up to the Gold Coast and Surfer's Paradise, mm-hmm. uh, Byron Bay. Yeah. And then um, usually the team tries to do, yeah. they try to organize a, a fishing trip over the Christmas holiday. Uh huh. Oh, cool. So we got to go to a, a, a like a cabin just near Port Lincoln. Okay. And the, and the team organized that, or? Yeah, exactly. So a few of the families from the from the club, they decided they wanted to go fishing over Christmas, and then they just bring the imports with them. And so just after Christmas, we leave, and we come just before New Year's. So Did you find that's a, a common theme? Like they're always kind of taking in the imports or showing them around or treating them to, you know, little side adventures on the weekend or the week during the week or whatever? At Northern Dip Districts, definitely. Um, there's a couple times where some of the guys that took us to the conservation parks, mm-hmm. or they take us out and go night fishing, <coughs> or some of the guys, they have uh, cabins out on the York Peninsula, so we'll go there for the weekend. Yeah. So yeah, they're really accommodating as far as things like that. Awesome. Did you uh, take advantage of the cheap flights to uh, Indonesia or anything like that? Uh, no, I haven't done that, but I'm hoping to do that this time around. Okay, so you're going back for a third year. I'm going back for a third year. Unfortunately, this one's going to be on uh, just a travel visa, though. Yeah. So what? What? Obviously, you're doing something right for them to invite you back a third time. Do, do you think it's more coach weighted? Do you, how? How like how valuable is the the background in coaching and, and working with the youth? I think uh, that's. Really, the big reason, especially why I was uh, brought back for the second year, mm-hmm. um, because the the under 15s and under 17s, when I first got there, were really a, a lackluster group, mm-hmm. and they hadn't really had any strong coaching. And and when I came over, it was it was really my first full-on head coaching position. Yeah, and and I jumped right in, and and the kids responded really well to it, mm-hmm. and it just took off. Yeah. So from the first year. Both teams made the finals. You know, the, even the under 15s made the grand final and, and just came up short. And uh, that translated into the under 17s getting put into the, the top division mm-hmm. the next year. Good. So that was really good for them. And, and then I think it was even last year, five of the kids made state team that, that I coached. So yeah. It was, yeah. it was really good to see. And, and that's part of the reason why I want to go back to Adelaide is that I can keep helping this group of kids that started with the under 15s and all the way up to seniors yeah yeah and I'm sure for them they want that continuity there and uh, obviously you know being new to coaching is is they're open to that in Australia as long as you show up and you and you obviously are a good guy and you have that passion that goes along with it and the baseball knowledge and so good good for you and I I just want to want to emphasize that because I know um, most of the clubs there require you to to get involved with coaching at some levels so I think anyone looking to go to Australia needs to you know check themselves and see if that's something for them and 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 if you do go there then you go there with that frame of mind and and go uh, go there as a, an ambassador of the game and so you've been there three years now how's the the second division of at, so within that state it's the second division you you got to play in because they already had yeah. imports for the first division yeah so the, the second division was it was still pretty competitive I mean of course there's teams that are better than others mm-hmm. and uh, the top teams are, are usually quite good the bottom teams not as as good but it's, it's still pretty strong baseball uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it quite as 
as strong as you know Division One or anything like that college, but it's still it's still very competitive baseball. Mm-hmm. And you still got uh, several Australians that are, are quite good, and usually you see it's a lot younger guys. So the guys they want to develop for the top division in the next couple of years. Yeah, and. Do you find, are you one of the few like are you the only import in the second division or are other clubs um, also bringing in foreigners uh, to work with youth and play in the second division due to the restraints or the restrictions I should say in the first division um, and I, I noticed last year there was a couple guys that were there for just the division two one was he was from the Henley and Grange club and he he actually he started as he wanted to just be a coach and play a little bit in the twos after some injuries that he faced. Yeah. And then they ended up losing their imports for whatever reasons, and so he had to be brought up to the Division One. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times if a club has three imports, then they kind of run a system where one will be playing in the twos that week and then next week playing in the one, but they have rules where if you pitch in the top division, then you can't go back down and pitch as an import. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of a rotation there, or they try to equal the playing time out, uh, or yeah. or they just want one guy playing second division. Though. So okay, that's that's good to hear. You know, I have heard of guys playing in the second division in in many of the states in Australia. I just wanted to get an idea of you know how many clubs are actually bringing in more than two imports or three or more than three. Um, so even one club. Was coaching and he was coaching the kids, and because of that, he wanted to stay fully committed to just coaching the kids. Yeah. And because uh, because the way that the games work, sometimes he wasn't able to play in the top two divisions, so he played Division Three actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I wanted to get so then you you went to Australia. That was your first stint overseas, and that was. The winter of 2014-15 or 2013-14? Uh, that was 13-14. Okay, no, and then you went back 14-15, and now you're going back again 15-16. Uh, when yeah. did you first come over to Europe? Was that is this the first time? That was just this year was the first time I came over for baseball. Okay, and how did that come about, and where are you? So what happened was uh, one of the, the first year I was in Australia, uh, one of my, my friends, he had done the year before, he had been in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, hey, like, do you want to go and play in Sweden, potentially? And, you know, I, I thought about it for a while, but it was after my first, you know, seven months away from being home, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go home. Yeah. After, when I went back to Australia the second year, I decided, hey, I think Europe is something I really want to do. Yeah. So I tried to get in contact with uh, the Swedish team, and they had dropped down a division, so they weren't taking imports that year. So then I, I got on baseball jobs overseas. That must be the Cars Colgo Bats, probably? Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, okay. And then so from there, I you know I went on, I asked them, and they referred this site, Baseball Jobs Overseas. Mm-hmm. And from there, I just got in contact with a few teams and chose the one that seemed best for me. Awesome. So you got more than one offer. Yeah, I actually hadn't uh, even finished my profile before teams were offering me, and it was it seemed like it was more because of the coaching aspect. Yeah. You know, they've seen the coaching background and they and they realize that's something they really needed for their club, not necessarily the player, but but both. Yeah, and that, that's what's pretty cool about it is, like you said, you didn't really have coaching experience prior to going overseas, but I know that they hold 
overseas coaching in high regard, especially if you've been invited back. That's obviously a good sign. If you've been invited back for a second yeah. year, then then obviously you're doing something right. So, so cool. So where? So now, uh, do you mind if I ask? You know where you got offers from? Yeah, um, a couple of them were in the Austri- Austrian second division, mm-hmm. and uh, there was another one in France. But at that point, I had already accepted uh, Budapest. Yeah. So I, I just kind of just said, hey, thanks for the offer, but I can't, and that's where that ended there. But yeah, there was two from Austria that I was talking with. Yeah, I know Austrian second division. A lot of the second divisions, or um, I do find that really put way more emphasis on the coaching aspect because they're still obviously developing and their goal is to make it to the first division at some point in the future so um so you ended up in budapest hungary playing for the budapest reds playing coaching yes. so the reds are uh, they're, they're transitioning from the sleepwalkers they used to be in a in a town just outside of budapest called setendra mm-hmm. so really this is their first first and a half season in budapest okay okay and so yeah, so the, the, the top team, the, the men's team, is they're actually still the Sleepwalkers, and all the other teams are the Reds. I see, okay. And so you're brought there to the same deal, working with the, the, the youth program and playing with the top men's team. So actually I coach all five teams at the club, mm-hmm. including the, the top team. That's, that's a busy schedule. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it was something that the first few weeks when I got here, it's something I really had to figure out a schedule that would give me, you know, at least a day off mixed with everybody getting their own practice and kind of two practices a week. Yeah. So so, so do you find you're, you're much busier than you were in Australia working and coaching and playing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, because, you know, there's five teams, it means I almost never have a free weekend at times. Yeah. But it's something that I don't necessarily mind because um, the softball team and uh, the top kids team, the, the major stars, mm-hmm. they, they've been doing a lot of traveling on their own. So I've gotten to go to Croatia and Amsterdam just for coaching. Yeah, well, that's, that's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get to see some of Europe while you're at it, so that's the cool thing. Yeah, and plus the, the top team is in the interleague, which mm-hmm. is really the travelers, you know, you get to go everywhere. It's a dream for travel. Yeah, that's 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 Slovakia, uh, Hungary, and now okay. Well, then there's Croatia, and now there's I heard there's also Serbia. Is that right? And Slovenia. And Slovenia. Okay, so they've expanded yeah. even further since last time I was speaking to someone that played in that league. Yeah, and and I guess those teams they had teams from there, and they used to play in, but then they kind of fell out as their teams kind of lost. So they just kind of stayed within their own country. But now that they've gained some strength, they're back in. Uh, they they wanted to hop back into it. Yeah. So basically, it's the top teams from within those respective countries playing a league called the interleague. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of traveling involved, but you get to see some great parts of the world. That like you get to go to split Croatia. Uh, you're in Bratislava. Where are you in Slovenia? Ljubljana. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had so trouble saying that city's name but i know i know where you're yeah it's, it's a really tricky one especially when you've never heard somebody say it before it's yeah impossible. 
Yeah, I've, I've, I've said it in my head a few times, I can't say it. But there's an L and a B and a J and a bunch of other letters. And, yeah. But uh, it's it's a major baseball center for sure in Slovenia, I know that much. So. Yeah, they, they actually, one of their teams, as well as the, the Reds, moved up to the Group A this year. So. Mm-hmm. Great. So uh, what about uh, your setup there? So you're coaching five teams. Uh, but obviously it's a little different. You're not working, so they're, they're compensating you f- for that. Yeah, so I, I signed a contract over here uh, when I was in Australia. So they, they pay me a salary every month as well as I had two, three weeks holidays spoken for and paid for. They paid for my apartment and my flights as well and got me a bicycle. All right, that's pretty cool. And you're living in one of the most beautiful cities in Europe, so that's... Yeah, exactly, and that was one of the main attractions when this team contacted me I said hey this, I think this is a team that might be right for me because yeah. not only am I in a great city I get to play some good baseball so it's kind of best of both worlds yeah well I love that city I, I travel there a lot uh, from a job I'm a coach and uh, I coach basketball and volleyball in, in an in a international school league in Central Europe I'm in Budapest I think I think I'm there four times this this school year uh, and I never get sick of it. It's a beautiful city. So I think, yeah, that was a good call on that part. So um, so what? how do you find um, the level of play in, in the interleague? Is, is there any comparison, uh, anything you can compare it to? Um, it's, I know that's tough to put a thumb on, but... Yeah. So especially because my team, the Reds, the Seabarker Reds, they, they started this year in Pool B because at the beginning of the year they had a choice. They could either go to the European qualifier and be in Pool A or, you know, not do either of those. And to start the year, they had no pitchers. And they didn't know they were going to sign me as well or someone like me. Mm-hmm. So when the time they made that division, the decision, they decided to go with the Pool B, mm-hmm. which the top teams in Pool B are, are quite good. Like uh, one of the teams in Slovenia, and the other team in Hungary is good baseball, but some of the, the bottom teams are, aren't so good. Okay. When you get into the crossover, again, like we went to Slovakia, and, and you play strong baseball with some with some strong pitchers and things like that. So, it's, like you said, it's hard to put a thumb on because it's, it's a real mix. Yeah. Is it similar to, like, obviously you saw um, the first division in Adelaide. Is yeah. it It's lower than that. I would say, yeah, it's lower than the than the top division in Adelaide. Yeah, is it similar sure. to the second division in Adelaide? Yeah, it's it's maybe second division or, or even a little better. So maybe somewhere in between the, the okay. second and third. Okay, because a lot of people put you know calls uh, the top state league in Adelaide like uh, you know a pretty strong NCAA Division One level or even like a, an independent level or some will even go as far as to say as like a, you know a, a, perhaps a rookie league level so I've heard a variety of different things so yeah I've, I've played a few games in the in the two years in in the division one and yeah you, there's some really good pitchers and some players and even some homegrown Australian players that are, are really good and you know some of them play the bite as well as playing the top division and you you see some great baseball players come through there all the time. Yeah. Okay. So, so in the interleague, are there many imports? Uh, I'm, I'm, I know that there's not a lot, but I think the, at least in. Okay. It's, actually, I want to clear one thing up before we get to that. 
there's two pools in the interleague. There's an A and a B pool in the interleague. Yeah. So now the interleague, I didn't know this, maybe it's new, but I thought the interleague was just one league and one set of teams, yeah. and now it sounds like recently they've gone into an A and B pool. Yeah, so what happened was because of, uh, you know, Belgrade bringing a team in and Slovenia bringing two teams in, and as well as uh, one of the other Hungarian teams decided to bring a team two in, then that's, you know, so many more teams, they decided to go with two pools. So now it's the top one is six teams, and the pool B is seven teams. Okay, it's like a Division One and Division Two kind of thing. Like a, 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 a the stronger teams are in Division One, and the weaker yeah. teams necessarily are in Division Two. And then the playoffs kind of work like the bottom two from Pool A play the top from Pool B. And, yeah. Uh, Relegation over. system kind of yeah. like like yeah. most of Europe. All right, very interesting. That's cool to hear. So now uh, imports. Are there many imports that you see in the Pool B at least? Anyway. Um, in Pool B, I, I saw Juan. Um, but he was just coming over for a few games. He was playing in the Swiss League, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he was a pretty big American guy, and they, caught, they came over. But unfortunately, their team wasn't very weak, so they got eliminated pretty quickly, and he moved on. And he's actually going to Australia as well. Okay. So he was kind of just in a transition period, and I think this team contacted him and said, hey, you want to join our team for as long as we make it? And yeah. There. All right, cool. So uh, I, I know that there's a little more importing in the pool A, but I don't think there's a yeah. lot. There's not a lot more though, is there? Do you think every club has at least one? Or uh, I don't think so because I know for sure that uh, the other, the, the stronger Hungarian team, well, the other Hungarian team, they uh, they don't have any. Yeah. But they have some the, some um, like a couple guys that are from Cuba and Venezuela but they've been living in Hungary a long time. Yeah. So they're they're now here as Hungarians but yeah. They're not they're not classified as But imports. they don't necessarily have strong baseball backgrounds is kind of what I see across Europe those guys that happen to be living here. Not sometimes they do but they don't have they didn't necessarily play a high level of baseball or or they're not yeah. there for the purpose of baseball. Um, yeah, exactly. I think the one his name is Carlos. I think he was, but he's he's just getting older now. He's you know getting close to fifty years old and yeah. he still loves the games that he plays. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, the Croatian, the top two Croatian teams have some imports. Mm-hmm. And besides that, I'm not really sure. I think maybe one of the Slovakian teams does as well. Yeah. Yeah, but I think yeah. not a split has one. And yeah. I'm Carlo Vats cool. probably has one or two. Yeah. All right, very. That's cool. Very interesting. Um, so, uh, what's what's next? Are you thinking of coming back to Europe again next year? Or? Yeah, it's something I've I've been thinking about. Um, it's still a long ways away, and, and something I I got to really think about. You know, being away from home for so long. But you know, it's something I'd really consider because Europe is so vast. I'd like to do more traveling mm-hmm. to see the best of it. And I was thinking about maybe seeing if it's possible I could check out some of the other leagues and, and just put my name out there and see what, what happens come the middle of the winter. For sure. The coaching the coaching takes you a long ways too, you know, and, and once yeah. you get your foot in the door overseas then you can see what happens is is they see that resume that you've been overseas and coaching around and and uh, I think it just opens more and more doors. So so that's cool. So you've have you done much traveling in Europe? 
Oh uh, yeah, like so. Like I said, within my contract, I arranged to have a few weeks holidays. Yeah. So I, I did a I did a few weeks traveling around. Went to the Netherlands, Belgium, Germany, um, Croatia. Went did a week sailing around Croatia. That was amazing. That's nice. Yeah. And um, actually, my team we we organized a tournament in Germany just after I got back. So we went and played a Division Two team in Germany. And there was also a French select team and an American team there as well. Oh, cool. So we got to do some traveling for that. And then with the younger team, we went to Varsteen. Mm-hmm. And then up to Netherlands again with the softball. Cool. Sounds like you've been all over. Where, where was that in Germany? Was that in the Bavaria? In Bavaria? or? Oh, uh, no, it's, uh, it's in a town called Nuremberg. Okay, Nuremberg, yeah. yeah. The Atomics. The Atomics, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, familiar. so they hosted that tournament, and then uh, they had an American team come over, and a French kind of regional select team as well. Yeah. Well, if you come back next year, try to make your way to Atnang, Austria, for Fingston Ball, which is yeah. the beginning of June, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Great place to network, and and uh, right in the center of Europe, so you can it's not too far from pretty much anywhere. So, so. Yeah, I think if, if we were to come back, back to this team, I'd bring the team in it because I know one of the teams from Hungary was in a tournament. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I forget the name. I think Yana Shamaria Rascals. Yeah, the Rascals, yeah. 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 So um, you, you said we, there's another import there? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So while I was here, I, I contacted my friend from Australia and I said, hey, do you want to come over to Europe and, and play with us? And Next thing you know, he was on a plane over here. So we kind of share the flat together now, and he's been playing with me and helping me coach at times and, you know, keeping me sane in a, in a non-English-speaking country. That makes it a lot easier, too, when you have a roommate that you already know and when you're coaching five teams. <laughs> I think yeah, it's, no, it, it really helps a lot as oh far yeah. as that. That's a, not, an easy, not an easy thing to be doing. I know that, especially when you're working with the really young kids and they don't speak English and you're... Yeah. trying to communicate to them so cool well do you have any uh, tips for anybody that's looking to you know jumpstart a career overseas and they do have some uh, you know desire to coach or a coaching background of some kind no I think the, the biggest thing is to you know network on, on a website like that and, and just keep your options available and don't ever say no to any opportunities because you never know no, it might be Division Two Austria or Division Three Germany or you know Romania or wherever. Yeah. And once you get there, it's it turns out to be an absolute blessing because not only are you in Europe, you're, you're getting to play baseball and in a new place and just meeting new people and it's absolutely incredible opportunity. Yeah, most definitely. How long have you been away from home now? Well, I I was home for two weeks in March. Yeah. And, uh, I'll probably stop home for about a week or two before I go back to Australia. Yeah. So but as a permanent standpoint, it's yeah. been a long time. It's been a long time, but you're you're still loving it, and you want to yeah. keep going. Of course, yeah. The passion's still there, definitely. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Sam, for your time, and you know, good luck to you. And drop me a line, and maybe we'll follow up with another interview to see how Australia went. Definitely. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, I'm glad that I was able to to help you out a little bit and I'm glad you had me on here yeah I appreciate it man take care you too thank you 
That wraps up episode number 61. Thank you all for listening once again. I know there was a bit of a break between episodes. I had a, a few weeks off, went traveling through Europe a little bit, did some networking with baseball clubs, and had a little bit of fun along the way. But I'm back, and I'm motivated, and I have a ton of interviews coming up. And uh, this one, for, for without a doubt, was an inspirational one, and I think brought a lot to the table in terms of using your coaching experience to further your career as a player as well. Uh, Sam obviously had a great time traveling around Europe and Australia, and many of you can do the same. Just need to sign up at the website at www.internationalbaseballcommunity.com. Register for a membership, get your name out there, and like Sam said in the podcast episode, you know, take, take anything that's thrown your way. Jump on an opportunity when you get it, and then make the most of it. So once again, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you on episode number 62. Cheers.